2: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We can get to Bergeron towards the end, but yeah, like obviously his return would be enormous. You know, we were talking about how, or not really us, but you heard people talking about like, oh, do you just, you know, let Bergeron rest up because you can handle the Panthers. And it's like, no, like you, you don't assume anything in the playoffs. If Bergeron could play, he would be playing And we did find out today, finally, that it was injury, not illness that's keeping him out. So um, yeah, like that's obviously concerning. He has, an injury that has kept him out of two playoff games, and we know what Bergeron will play through, so you can imagine that it's something you know fairly serious. Um, we'll still call them you know day to day, so they're not rolling him out for any prolonged period of time, but uh, but yeah, like clearly they did miss him, they definitely missed him in game two, so you know, for anyone who thought like they're just going to be fine and they'll roll past the Panthers like I, I know I picked a sweep I, I obviously acknowledged before you know game one that like if Bergeron's going to miss time that changes it but um
0: oh I didn't know there was an asterisk in there Scott do we get to play that game
1: <laughs> well I
2: well this is my point is like I'm not one of those people who looked at it and said like oh whatever they'll be fine without Bergeron like no Patrice Bergeron is still a really damn good hockey player and you're going to miss him and like anyone who didn't think they were was an idiot. So um yeah, like shocking they miss a player who is still one of the 10 best centers in the NHL. Like, oh, did you news. hear
0: people saying that though cuz I try to think like I don't think I remember having a conversation where they're hearing anyone say they thought that they would be fine without Bergeron. I like a lot of a lot of the conversation and it's going to get worse now um was that you know, De Bergeron's too big of a piece to miss time in the playoffs, so rest him, and then we have the situation where he gets hurt in Game 82 in Montreal and hasn't been back since. Um, so, that's more what I yeah, heard. Yeah, I was-
2: listen. I listen to. I listen to too much sports radio, so. That's, I mean, that, that's, we literally work that?
0: for sports radio and I yes. try not to listen. I've, I've heard,
1: I've heard, I've heard people saying that the Bruins could get by the first round without them, not, but not, not necessarily the the succeeding rounds. But for round one, people have been saying, yeah, Boston, Boston had 100, 135 points. They should get by Florida in the first round because people look at it very matter of factly. They look at it like President's Trophy winners, greatest regular season of all time. You're playing an eight seed. You don't need your captain. You shouldn't need your captain. The problem is I don't like when people look at things like that because if you watch the team, you understand, like, yes, the Bruins did accomplish those things. But we all know that if you have a couple of off games in the playoffs, that's all it takes. You go down two games in a series, like, the whole world looks different. So I have heard people say that. But to Scott's point, I think it's idiotic. I think to take any team in the NHL for granted is so stupid because the parity is so similar, regardless if you have the best winning uh, record of all time in the regular season or if you just got into the playoffs because the parity, because of the salary cap error, which, by the way, the Bruins have kind of worked around this year. But, um, like, the the Florida Panthers, okay, they won a President's Trophy last year. They switched out Huberto for Kachuk. That's a win, and yes, they lost. They lost uh, Mackenzie Weegar, but like it's not like they had a massive. And they lost uh, Mason Marshman to Dallas, but it's not like they had a massive personnel turnover from the Presidents' Trophy roster that they were last year. So, so to, to look at them like a traditional eight seed, I feel like was is irresponsible for fans. We t- and and like they just got they, they had a really bad first half of the season. Florida did. But they're they are on paper they are not an eight seed so for, to look at it any other way would be silly. But yeah, I, I kind of forget what we were, what we're even talking about. But yeah, well,
0: uh, I do want to ask just because we're like we're kind of walking down this road, Scott. We, after seeing you know the way that the Bruins have matched up against Florida in the first two games, do you feel like maybe you would have changed your mind a little bit about the the Islanders versus the the Panthers, who the Bruins would match up better against, because even the goaltending has been okay. Like it hasn't been terrible. Lion has made some, you know, he's let in some soft ones, but he's also not played that enough to get pulled out. They had a chance uh, to take him out for game two. They they keep him in there, and um, I don't know how you feel about the matchup now and and what it looks like when you actually see it um, as probably what would have been the Bruins toughest or an, and is the Bruins toughest outcome for how they could have drawn an opponent.
2: No, um, no, I don't know. I mean, I, I still so I'm think i
0: going to change that, your mind now.
2: <laughs> I, I don't really think there's any point to even like doing this exercise, honestly, because it's like my reasoning was I was worried more about spoken than anything that the Panthers had. So like I'll stick by that, I guess, but I never thought like the Panthers were a bad team. I thought the Bruins, if Bergeron was going to be in, could sweep them because they're much better defensively and have a much better goalie. Uh, in game two, neither of those things were true. Their defense let them down. And uh, Almar, I guess we might as well get to this. Like, I didn't think Almar played very well in game two. Like, yeah, the defense in front of him let him down, hung him out to dry, whatever you want to call it. But I thought there were there were a few savable shots in there that got past him. You know, the first one, Sam Bennett. Like, yes, he's coming in alone, but he gets beat on a kind of weak shot, five hole. Like, it was just seemed like a little out of position and had his legs too open. Um, the the shots through screens in game one, I thought he did a great job of fighting to make sure he saw everything and and gobbled them up. And game two, he didn't really, those two Montar shots, like he wasn't able to track them. He didn't fight hard enough to see around the screen. So, um, yeah, I mean, Alex line, I thought was pretty bad in game one that like, I heard some people saying like, Oh, he was really good because he stopped those couple two on ones. But to me, if you give up like a couple soft goals, which I thought he did, then that kind of qualifies as as a bad game in the playoffs. But he bounced back. I thought he was. I thought he was good in game two. So, um, yeah. I mean, things haven't gone the way that I expected, mostly because Bergeron isn't in, and secondly because I didn't think there was going to be a game like this from the Bruins' defense and goaltending. I just thought, you know, that they're so much better than this. They should be so much better than this, um, and they still can be. Like they. If the Bruins play up to their potential, they could win the next three and gentlemen sweep them. Like, that's still on the table, but, you know, part of losing game two, I thought, was them beating themselves. And that's always going to be a recipe for disaster in the playoffs no matter who the opponent
0: is. So here's another question then. Because when Coach was asked after the game, would he make a defensive change? Like, would would the – The outcome and what he saw in game two prompt a a change in defensive personnel, and he said he's going to consider changing everything in all positions. And I don't know why the first thing that popped into my head was goaltending. I I know the question was about moving Grislyk back in, Um, but do you think there's changes that need to be made defensively, like are you switching someone else into the lineup on defense, offense, or and do you, you know, even in that?
2: Um yeah, I I think I would make changes at all three levels. We, we already touched on forward. I would absolutely at the very least, you have to change Bertuzzi Krejci, Pasanak. I don't think you can run that line back. Um on defense, I do think Grizzlick could help. I think now would be a good time to get him in. Um, especially when you're looking at breakouts and transitions that have been pretty poor. Not that not like not that Grizzly's immune to turnovers. Anyone is capable of them, and Grizzlick's made them in the past. But that especially a game like that, you see like four time way down. Um, uh, especially five on five, especially when they're trailing. Like he's you, you know, you can't really use him in that situation. He doesn't bring enough to the table. You know, when they fell down this game, it's like, those are situations where, you you know, you're used to seeing that Grizzly McAvoy pairing because they can be so good in the offensive zone and help create stuff. And um, I know you don't ever plan on being behind and you want to think positively and, and, you know, hope that you're protecting leads, but the reality of the playoffs is like, there's going to be times that you're down a goal or two and you have to, Come back, and um, you know I just think Grizzly could help their five-on-five five game because uh, that's you know I think they've struggled. I think Florida's been the better five-on-five five team, and in goal, um, it's closer for me. But I would think I would probably make the switch to Swaiman for Game Three, just because, like I said, I thought Mark was a little off, and I I think they've been so close. All season you guys know I've been open to carrying a rotation to the playoffs so for me like I would be, I would have already been planning to play both um if Almark was great in both games and they lost tonight 2 to 1 instead of 6 to 3 then I'd be like okay well mark has been great I understand if you just want to keep riding him that's fine but I think since he had an off game um you know it, it, look, if he's your like true number one, and this is like the classic approach that you take, you know, with that you would have taken with Tim Thomas or Tugarask, then then I guess you keep riding him. And and I kind of feel like that's probably what they're going to do, honestly, is I think they're going to just keep riding Allmark because they've decided he's their number one and it's going to have to get, you know, bad multiple games in a row to move to, to take him out. But personally, I would go to Swayman.
0: I will say that in a conversation that I had, the, the only reason I, uh, not the only reason, but I think they stick with Allmark. And this is my main reason why is because I was in a conversation earlier today with some of the other reporters. And they said that this morning Swayman was maybe not seeming fully healthy, um, and was asking for calcium and was just not like not a hundred percent. So um, you know, there's a chance that his health factors into whether or not he'll play game three as well.
1: Well, ironically enough, I also feel like that goes for Allmark too, because before the I wanna say it was the fourth Panthers goal, there was like a shift or two before Montour scored, or maybe it was uh I forget who it was who scored their fourth goal. But about a shift or two before that goal there was a there was a play where Olmar kind of stretched out to make a save again on like a get Boston giveaway, and he covered the puck up. And during the whistle, you could just kind of see him like wincing. Uh, so I don't know if Olmar is battling through something as well. So I mean, but if they're if they're both healthy or ready to ready to play, I would probably give Olmar game game three just because I. I just feel like if you, if you go to Swayman after one loss, it it just creates opportunity for getting in your own head about who's the right guy to go with now game in and game out. But if I but if Allmark loses game three, I, I'm good to ride Swayman until he gives you a reason to put Allmark back in. Um, also, I would play Swayman in game three if Allmark is laboring and Swayman's not. I don't want Allmark in there if he's not 100%. So... If he is battling through something, I'd rather swim it in. But if he's healthy, I'd like to see Elmar get a chance at it again. But that's the goaltending situation. That's that. That's one conversation. But Bridget, to your other questions on the back end, I'm all for Grizzly going in for Forbert. I think, look, if I have to, if I'm going to be consistent, like I, I felt like he was a good addition to the lineup for games for for game one, and they won game one, so I, I would stick with it for game two with Forbert in the lineup because I, I just think that Florida was a like heavier team and, and and they have been a heavier team. But then you have a game like tonight where the Bruins couldn't get out of their own way and Forbert's a part of that. And they were, they were careless with the puck. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, but I still want size. No, he had his chance. He he wasn't great in game two. Neither were a lot of the Bruins players, but he came included. So I'm all for putting Grizzly back in the lineup and adding some more, more mobility and transition to their game because I know Montgomery said he liked the their breakouts for most of the game tonight. I didn't really see much going on there. I thought they were pretty kind of stuck in the mud because they couldn't get out of their own way. And by the way, to start the game, I know we talked about it on online. It was there were nine whistles in the first two minutes of the game. There wasn't a lot of fluidity to the game in the first period. And and the Bruins play was also not very fluid. And then the last thing I'll say, so the goaltending situation, I'm kind of indifferent. It kind of depends on each goalie's health. But if they're both healthy, I'd say Allmark. I would sub in Grizzly for Forbert. Up front, definitely want to change up the lines that were tonight. And I also wouldn't mind subbing in A.J. Greer or Jacob Loco on that fourth line, maybe for Nick Felino. Or just because I, he hasn't really done much and he's still coming back from injury. And I thought that fourth line was playing great before Foligno came back. So I think Loco would be an absolute energizer bunny for the Bruins in game three, he'd run around same with AJ Greer. So I wouldn't mind something like that. And then I don't know if Thomas nosick will potentially have a call for that, that higher hit to, uh, was it Eric stall? Didn't seem too vicious, but if the elbow did graze the head, I wouldn't be surprised if the lead took a look and who knows? I mean, he could get a game for that. He might get nothing. I really don't know.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like if, they're going to look at that. that then they also look at Aaron Ekblad's hit on Major Orlov and honestly like I don't think they're going to look at either one but uh, or at least won't have a call for either one but I guess we'll see